Section 22 of A Book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Edgeworth, Part 15. In this, my sixtieth year, to commence in a few days, says Miss Edgeworth, writing to her cousin, Margaret Ruxton, I am resolved to make great progress. Rosamond at sixty, says Miss Ruxton, touched and amused. Her resolutions were not idle the universal difficulties of the money market in the year eighteen twenty six were felt by us says mrs edgeworth in her memoir and maria who since her father's death had given up rent receiving now resumed it undertook the management of her brother lovell's affairs which she conducted with consummate skill and perseverance and weathered the storm that swamped so many in this financial crisis we also hear of an opportune windfall in the shape of some valuable diamonds which an old lady a distant relation left in her will to miss edgeworth who sold them and built a market-house for edgeworth town with the proceeds april eighth eighteen twenty seven i am quite well and in high good humour and good spirits in consequence of having received the whole of lovell's half-year rents in full with pleasure to the tenants and without the least fatigue or anxiety to myself it was about this time her novel of helen was written the last of her books the only one that her father had not revised there was a vivid account given by one of her brothers of the family assembled in the library to hear the manuscript read out of their anxiety and their pleasure as they realized how good it was how spirited how well equal to her standard tickner in his account of miss edgeworth says that the talk of lady davenant in helen is very much like miss edgeworth's own manner his visit to edgeworth town was not long after the publication of the book his description if only for her mention of her father is worth quoting as we drove to the door miss edgeworth came out to meet us a small short spare body of about sixty-seven with extremely frank and kind manners but who always looks straight into your face with a pair of mild deep grey eyes whenever she speaks to you with characteristic directness she did not take us into the library until she had told us that we should find there mrs allison of edinburgh and her aunt miss sneed a person very old and infirm and that the only other persons constituting the family were mrs edgeworth miss honora edgeworth and dr allison a physician miss edgeworth's conversation was always ready as full of vivacity and variety as i can imagine she was disposed to defend everybody even lady morgan as far as she could and in her intercourse with her family she was quite delightful referring constantly to mrs edgeworth who seems to be the authority in all matters of fact and most kindly repeating jokes to her infirm aunt miss sneed who cannot hear them and who seems to have for her the most unbounded affection and admiration about herself as an author she seems to have no reserve or secrets she spoke with great kindness and pleasure of a letter i brought to her from mr peabody explaining some passage in his review of helen which had troubled her from its allusion to her father but she added no one can know what i owe to my father he advised and directed me in everything i never could have done anything without him there are things i cannot be mistaken about though other people can i know them 
as she said this the tears stood in her eyes and her whole person was moved it was therefore something of a trial to talk so brilliantly and variously as she did from nine in the morning to past eleven at night she was unfeignedly glad to see good company here is her account of another visitor september twenty sixth the day before yesterday we were amusing ourselves by telling who among literary and scientific people we should wish to come here next francis said coleridge i said herschel yesterday morning as i was returning from my morning walk at half-past eight i saw a bonnetless maid in the walk and with a letter in her hand in search of me when i opened the letter i found it was from mr herschel and that he was waiting for an answer at mr briggs inn i have seldom been so agreeably surprised and now that he is gone and that he has spent twenty-four hours here if the fairy were to ask me the question again i should still more eagerly say mr herschel ma'am if you please she still came over to england from time to time visiting at her sister's houses honora was now lady beaufort another sister fanny the object of her closest and most tender affection was mrs lestock wilson age brought no change in her mode of life time passes with tranquil steps for her not hasting unduly i am perfect she writes at the age of seventy-three to her stepmother of seventy-two so no more about it and thank you from my heart and every component part of my precious self for all the care and successful care you have taken of me your old petted nursling alas it is sad to realize that quite late in life fresh sorrows fell upon this warm-hearted woman troubles gather young sisters fade away in their beauty and happiness but in sad times and good times the old home is still unchanged and remains for those that are left to turn to for shelter for help and consolation to the very last miss edgeworth kept up her reading her correspondence her energy all along we have heard of her active habits out in the early morning in her garden coming in to the nine o'clock breakfast with her hands full of roses sitting by and talking and reading her letters while the others ate her last letter to her old friend sir henry holland was after reading the first volume of lord macaulay's history sir henry took the letter to lord macaulay who was so much struck by its discrimination that he asked leave to keep it she was now eighty-two years of age and we find her laughing kindly at the anxiety of her sister and brother-in-law who had heard of her climbing a ladder to wind up an old clock at edgeworth town i am heartily obliged and delighted by your being such a goose and richard such a gander she says as to be frightened out of your wits by my climbing a ladder to take off the top of the clock she had not felt that there was anything to fear as once again she set the time that was so nearly at an end for her her share of life's hours had been well spent and well enjoyed with a peaceful and steady hand and tranquil heart she might mark the dial for others whose hours were still to come mrs edgeworth's own words tell all that remains to be told it was on the morning of may twenty second eighteen forty nine that she was taken suddenly ill with pain in the region of the heart 
and after a few hours breathed her last in my arms she had always wished to die quickly at home and that i should be with her all her wishes were fulfilled she was gone and nothing like her again can we see in this world end of section twenty two